0: Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Go down that path because the devil will take you down the unknown and he'll do, and he'll have havoc with you. Are you here? Right. Amen. So if that was you I was just speaking to, then you need to cast that aside and not ever touch it again. Amen. Praise God. God heals. Praise God. It's the will of God that you be well and whole and walk in his provision. That is his will. Right. Amen. Right. Praise God. Um, so glory to God. That's just, that excites me. That really does. Amen. And I believe we're going to have more testimonies about that. We're going to see more, right. hear more, yeah. hallelujah, more are going to be delivered. Amen. Praise God. I mean, that's what we're wanting to praise God, just invite the sick, lay hands on them, believe God with them, praise God and watch them overcome. Amen. i am tell you what, that, if Jesse could say anything, that's what she would tell us to do. That's right. That's right. Amen. She would say, preach it stronger and stand. That's right. Glory to God, because it is the will of God. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to go to this morning. I want to read Psalm 91. And then I have some things I I want to bring out in that. I believe the Lord would have us do today. Psalm 91. And it starts in verse 1. Say, I'm listening today with my heart. With my heart. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence, and He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that waiteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked." Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, your habitation. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in thy ways, and they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest they dash their foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon, Thou shalt shalt trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, everyone say "Long long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So is it the will of God that we have long life? longevity of life live out your life absolutely if you believe the word it is glory to God and he says I'll show you my salvation you know that's one of my confessions I'll use and the Lord brought it back to me again I hadn't been doing it and he's told me to start doing it again but that with long life that to me always means that he'll sustain me and preserve me all the way to the end amen how many is about getting to the end Amen. I mean, you want to get to the end of your life. You want, you want to do the will of God and what God has for you. Amen. When you're done, then you can go home. But not until then. Don't leave early and leave us your, you know, your job and add more responsibility to us. It's everybody doing what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. Amen. Praise God. So if you, So you need to stick around and get to the end, then go home. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today about overcoming fear. Overcoming fear. Um, it It is the heart, and I'm sure the heart of everybody in here, to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Because we've seen the person who abides under that, you've seen all the blessings that come with that. Amen. I mean, we're, we're singing about the song that his goodness running after us. Well, that Psalm 23 says, his goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. I don't know about you, but I take these things literally, okay? <clears throat> I believe that when God says something, he wants that to happen. And if goodness and mercy doesn't seem to be happening in my life, well, then maybe I'm getting too far ahead. Yeah. All right, maybe, I'm, maybe I need to slow down a little bit so that goodness and mercy can catch up with me. But these are things that he wants. And if he says that, we, that, that those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty, then, you know, all these things will come, to come after us, then how do we get under that? How do we get under there? Because it's obvious not every Christian is living here. All right? I mean, let's don't make no bones about it. Not everyone's having all these things happen. There's, there's bad things that are happening. Well, the Bible says that we should only see the reward of the wicked from afar. That, and if we're only to see it from afar, that means that it shouldn't always be going on in our lives. Right? Well, there's a key here about abiding under the shadow of the, uh, the Almighty. It's not, just, it's not just being born again. Being born again, you're a child of God. You belong to God. You're in the family of God. But then you have to, then you have to make decisions, quality decisions about remaining, that you be a part of the family. You don't leave the family ever. I mean, you'll never leave. They'll, you know, they don't, they don't disown you. God never disowns us. But you may not participate in the family matters. And God wants us to. And one of the ways, the, one of the keys here that he's talking about for us to abide under the shadow of the Almighty is what you say. Everyone say. Say, say. <laughs> Verse 2 says, I will say, I will say of the Lord. I will say something. I will declare something. Amen? You have to say something or it don't work. I know this is simple but if for some reason we just think that we can overlook this and that we can say anything we want and still walk in God's blessings and God what he you can't you can't do it. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of your tongue. You need to learn that your words matter. Because your words is governing your life. Are you here? One of, the way, one, of the, the, one of the kingdom principles is learning the importance of what you say and that you always say what God says, that you bring yourself in agreement to his word and you speak what he says about you and what he says to you. That's, that's, that's the easiest principle of faith. That's what faith is. Faith comes from hearing what God says and faith then comes by you repeating what God says, accepting what God says, receiving what God says and then now that be your confession. That be, that's your confession now. Amen. Your testimony. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony if you ain't got God's testimony you're not going to overcome even though the blood has not lost its power these two have to work together and so here he says if you're going to abide under the shadow of the almighty you're going to have to say something everyone say say something Amen. amen and if it's not and if it doesn't feel natural to you that's okay If it doesn't feel if you know, let me say it this way. If it doesn't feel like it's faith to you, what do I mean by that? That means when you're saying something, it doesn't feel like you know you have the good feelings, or you don't it it feels so unnatural to you. Or and the devil will come along and say, Well, you don't really mean that. That's not from your heart. It is if you agree with it. It's that simple. If you agree with that, and sometimes you have to train yourself. You have to train yourself in these matters. You have to begin confessing and saying by raw faith. Everyone say raw faith. Raw faith means you have no feelings towards that. You you feel unspiritual. You feel like there is nothing to it when you're saying it. That's all right. Go ahead and keep saying it. That's like when you raise your hand, you may feel like, you know, there's no need for, I don't feel like raising my hands today. I feel like I should be crying. I feel like I'm, you know, well, you go ahead and do it anyway, because you know that will lead you in to what God has for you. And you're saying what God says will lead you into what he has for you. It will lead you there. And he says, if you're going to abide under the shadow of the the Almighty, he says, you're going to say of the Lord, what are we going to say? He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. And in Him do I trust. Hallelujah. Say it with me. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. God. And Him will I trust. Hallelujah. You may, there may be all kinds of things swarming around you in your life. There may be all kinds of fears and all kinds of uh, opposition, but this is what you're supposed to say. He is my refuge. He is my fortress and he's my God and him do I trust. I trust him when it doesn't look like it's working. I trust him when it doesn't feel like it's working. I trust him when I'm down, glory to God, because I know if I keep my trust in him, he'll pick me up. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Surely, it says in verse 3, Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. That's referring, right there is referring to healing. Because if you, were, if you uh, I think it's Habakkuk talks about there's healing, there's healing in His wings. He goes on, he says here, he shall cover you with his feathers. Oh, I'm sorry, verse five. Um, thou shalt not, here's one, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Say, I'm not, to be afraid. I'm not to be afraid. God doesn't want us to live in fear. It is not the will of God that a child of God should live in fear or have fear. He says, you should not be afraid by the terror by night. So, you know, all the, the, uh, News and everything is uh, said about terrorists, terrorism, glory to God, you're not supposed to be afraid of it. Amen. If you'll live and abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Luke 13, let's go there real quick because this goes right with it. Luke 13, chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Luke 13, chapter 1. Jesus said, there was present at the season some that uh, told of the Galileans who blood Pilate had mingled with the sacrifice. And so we have a politician and we see him taking uh, believers or or religious people at that time and at their sacrifice killing them and mingling their blood in there. And Jesus said unto them, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans. Because they suffered such things. Now, that would be the question that most people would write. Well, I want, were they in bad sinners, Or were they, uh, you know, what was going on in their life that God permitted this or allowed this to happen? And he goes and he says this. Uh, verse 3, he says, I tell you no. Everyone say no. no. He answers their question. And he said, because they suffered these things, they're saying, were they, you know, were they sinners above all the Galileans? Jesus just said, no, they weren't. But here's what he says: He said, Except you repent, everyone say, I repent, I repent, you shall also likewise perish. So he's saying if we don't repent, we could also be in those, we could also be in that situation. Wouldn't you say, I would say that being in the wrong place at the wrong time? Wouldn't you? Verse 3, he says, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, or verse 4, those 18, so they had a... There was 18 people, and he said, whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them. Thank ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. I tell you, no, but except you repent, you shall also likewise perish. And so we had a building that fell, and all the people that were in that surrounding, there was 18 people the building fell on. And so they're asking Jesus, he said, well, were they worse sinners than all? And Jesus just answered, no. But, but he doesn't go on expound. He says, except you repent, he says, you may suffer likewise. So again, that would be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That would be like any other thing, you know, uh, going into a restaurant and there's a crazy person in there and he opens fires and kills all these people. And, you know, and then you're going to have all the media and you're going to have all the people and they're going to be talking about, well, why did God allow this? Why did they, you know, here they were, there may have been some, there may have been Christians in there. Why did this happen to them? Jesus just says this, except you repent, it shall happen to you t- it could happen to you too. So in Psalm 91 when he's talking about we're not to be afraid of terrorism. Listen, if you'll live a life of repentance, if you'll live a life of judging yourself and when you find that yourself is wrong, you judge yourself and you repent immediately, you, can't, you can claim Psalm 91 and you'll always be in the right place at the right time. You, there, is no fear, there is no reason to fear in this world. Are you hearing me? See, there's our part and there's God's part. See, we've taken repentance and we've said, you know, it makes it seem like, well, you're, you're a really bad person if you have to repent. No, repentance is course correction. That's all repentance is. Repentance is not when your heart's convicting you about matters and then you go ahead and you judge yourself and you correct that matter before you and God. That's, a, that's what repentance is. It doesn't mean that you're always in gross sin. It doesn't mean that it's, sin, is, sin is, means that you've erred. You've gotten off the course. Something, you've followed something, you've yielded to something, you've you've followed, you got gotten into some temptation and therefore it's gotten you off the course. And Jesus said here, he says, unless you repent, unless you get back on the course, unless you get back where you're supposed to be, he said, these things could happen to you too. So it's not about always just being a bad person. It's not always about, you know, that you're just doing something. It's it's basically always keeping your heart right. I can't overemphasize that. In whatever your what in all of our matters, in all of our daily life, we're to always keep our heart right in everything. When your heart convicts you, or let me say it this way: when your conscience bothers you. Uh, For for something that you did or said. Or something that you're getting, you're you're straying from. That you know you're not supposed to. Well, then then that's when you're supposed to judge yourself. Everyone say, "Judge judge yourself. Yeah. We're not to judge one another. We're not to look, I'm not to judge you and see how you're doing. There's only one person I'm supposed to keep track of. And she's not here today. No, I'm talking about me. I know I'm going to hear that one. <laughs> There's only one person we're to keep track of is ourselves, amen? Say it's me that I'm to always judge. And I'm telling you, you do that all the time. How do you do that? Every time that your heart convicts you, that's it. That's why you've got a conscience. Amen. Whenever your conscience is bothering you, you need to to listen to it. You need to yield to it. Why? Because it could be life or death for you sometime. Did God do it? No. You just weren't in position to hear from him. You got off course, you stayed off course. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Little things. Little things lead to big things. Are you here? See, that, that's, the, that's the way we're supposed to live. And if you want to live in Psalm 91 and you don't want to be afraid, you don't want to live your life going, you know, looking over your shoulder every time you go somewhere, you need to learn to trust on the inward witness instead of always being persuaded by everything outwardly. Amen? You've got the, you've got the all-knowing one that lives on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit. And we're supposed to yield to Him. We're supposed to give ourselves to Him. He gives us witness where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. He leads us. Amen. They that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You say, well, you know, it's, it's good. I, should, I need to go to that. Well, if, you've got, if you don't have peace about doing it, you don't do it. It's not God's fault. I said it's not God's fault. I remember the story they were talking about. A man, um, it was a it was a, a Christian man. Anyways, he was flying somewhere. He was he was going somewhere, and his little boy was you know he was uh, I don't know maybe two, three, three I don't know what is how old he was four, but anyways when the plane took off, the boy he cried out and he said. Mom, Mom, don't, don't, doesn't he know that plane's not going to make it? It's going to crash? And that plane took off, and it wasn't long they heard, they got a report that the plane went down and killed him. Well, see, that little boy was sensitive to the Holy Ghost. But evidently, the dad was not listening that day. You say, well, why would God let that happen? He doesn't. It wasn't his will. He had to permit it because he over, they overrode the, the inward witness. Get over, this, get over this thinking that God's behind everything and that it happens, then he's the one directing it. He's not. I said he's not. He's not the one who's, who's killing and stealing and destroying. The Bible is very plain about that in John 10. 10. He's not the one who does bad. He's not the one who's causing harm. Are you here? With, uh, you know, you, you've, you've got to be, you have to deny a lot of scriptures to take up that belief. God's a good God. Don't you ever think he's not? And he's doing everything in his power to prevent things and keep us and keep us under the shadow of the almighty. But you have a choice. You can, you can veer out and get out from underneath there anytime you want. I just seem to try to stay under there all the time. <laughs> Amen. And so going back here, he says, um, thou shalt not be afraid, saying not be afraid. God doesn't want you to be fearful. He doesn't want you to be afraid of terror by night, nor the arrows that fly by day. Well, we would say today, bullets, the bullets that fly by day. Amen. He doesn't want you to be afraid of that, getting caught up in that. Nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness. Well, what would that be? Well, how about COVID nineteen? How about you know some what a, some other pandemic it might come? Or some other. He doesn't want us to live in fear. Are you here? Not if not if you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. He doesn't want you to live there. He doesn't doesn't want you to live your life fearful. He doesn't want you to be afraid. He doesn't want you to be disappointed, being fearful that you're going to fail. That's a miserable life. Amen. Man, I'll tell you, one one of the revelations that came out during the camp meeting, I've heard it, but it just really sunk in. You're not to go out and just do whatever you feel like you want to do. You're to discover what God had for you to do. That's what we're all to do. Discover what God's destiny is upon our lives, what He wants us to do. It's not whatever you want to do. Amen. So that, you know, so that saying, well, you know, telling our kids, well, just grow up, you can be anything you want to be. No, you can't be anything you want to be. You need to be what God wants you to be. Because that's the only place you're going to have the satisfaction, and that's going to be the, the and you need to walk in the will and the plan of God for your life. Amen. And God will, discuss, God will make that uh, open to you if you seek that and want that. So he said, the pestilence that walketh in darkness, don't be afraid of destruction that wasteth at noonday. Well, gosh, that could be anything. Earthquakes. Or, you know, tornadoes. Or, or anything that, that would be a catastrophe. We're not to be afraid of those things. You do you know, well, I wouldn't, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not flying. I'm not flying. I'm afraid of flying. Well, you shouldn't be afraid of flying. I remember <laughs> we, we would go early on when we got married, uh, Jesse and I, we would go to Kings Island. And I, she, I got her on the roller coaster one time and I was, I was wishing I had never done that. I was wishing I hadn't done that. Because after i seen what it did to her and how it affected her, I thought, I am so sorry that I ever made you get, because I made her get on there. I mean, I pressured her to get on there. And it just, it scared, it scared her. But you know what? Years later, we went there, and she she says, I want to ride that. I said, I don't want to ride it. She goes... Because I, I, I liked them. You know, I like those kind of things. And she says, no, I want to write it. The Lord's been dealing with me and I'm going to overcome this fear. That's right. She faced it head on. Amen. Amen. We're not supposed to be fearful of nothing. Amen. Amen. Um, let, me go, let me go here. We're we'll running out of time. Let me, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Well, if God didn't give it to you, where does it come from? Well, it comes from the the God of this world. He's the one who gives us that spirit. And that spirit of fear is a controlling power of His. uh, Unbelief produces fear. What faith produce? Faith produces Peace in your heart. Mark 5:36 is talking about Jairus and Jesus and they were going to Jairus' house to raise to pray for her and as and they brought a bad report saying don't father, don't bother the master anymore your your daughter has died. And Jesus said there Mark 5:36 he said as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken he said unto the ruler of the synagogue be not afraid only believe. In other words, Jesus was just saying this. If you're, going, if you're going to believe, if you're going to stop right here, I can't go no further. How many times have we made Jesus stop? Because we got afraid. I'm not, I'm not discounting the fact fear is real. It's very real. I've been in rooms where it just feels like it's, it's, you could cut it before um, two times that I that I dealt with, with with my heart issue first time it was a matter of repentance God healed me of it then the second time I had it come on me again second time and this time in uh, seeking the Lord and just trying to you know get what was what I need to do what was happening the Lord uh, he said to me, "He said you need to resist this and stand against it." It was a, it was totally different. My point is, there the more people have been, been defeated of a counter attack than any other thing, because they relax, they 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 just had the victory and then they relax. And therefore, they sort of laid down their guards. Um, Benny Hinn. How many have ever heard of the Benny Hinn? Benny Hinn. You may. I don't know what you think about him, but I'm telling you what: there are documented uh, miracles and healings that came in that ministry. And but they said that I forget. It was a very high percentage that never kept their healing. And the reason they never kept their healing was they weren't ready for the counterattack. Because then the devil would come back and try to put a symptom on them or something. And the first thing that they would do, they said, well, I thought I was healed. Look at this scripture here. <clears throat> Luke eleven twenty-four 24 through 26. It says, when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man... He walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. And he saith, I will return into my house whence I came out of. And when, I, when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. In other words, the house that he was uh, uh, evicted out of, the spirit, he come back, there wasn't nothing in place. They didn't, they didn't put anything else in there. They just left it as, as it was. And so when he comes out, he said, He goeth and he taketh on him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell therein. The last state of the man is worse than the first. There has been more people that have lost what God gave them just because they didn't know how to stand against a counterattack. Are you here? You have to be prepared. Because the devil is not, not in the... In the uh, he doesn't like to lose. <laughs> Amen? Your authority is intact. But you have to stay in your place under the, the uh, shadow of the Almighty. And I remember that in this time when I was standing against that... Uh, I was, you know, I was doing everything I knew to do. I was doing all the principles of faith. I was speaking against it. I was commanding my heart to be right. I was commanding, you know, the symptoms to leave my body. And the Lord began to share with me, and he took me over to uh, Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. And this was the word that I, this is the word that I overcame with. God will give you a word Whatever he gives you, that's what you take. Amen. It said, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, speaking of Jesus himself, likewise took part of the same, that through death, everyone say through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. And he says, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So it says that Jesus, he became a man, and that through death, he took back the control that the devil had over us. And he said, we no longer are under that control or the fear of death that we were in bondage to. Now, I'll be honest with you, the, the, one, the one thing that kept tormenting me was I was gonna die. That was the thought that I dealt with. And I dealt with it, guess when I dealt with it? When I was in bed. When I would wake up in sweats, or I'd wake up, you know, or just lying there quiet by myself. That was when I was having my battle, my biggest battle, was right then. And the Lord gave me this scripture. And he said, I've delivered you from the fear of death. He said, I delivered you from it. Well, I didn't feel delivered. I felt like it was, still, it was torment and control of me. Because I, that was the only thing that was on my mind. You're going you're gonna to die. You're going you're, you're gonna to be in heaven. They're going to find out, you know, here's pastor preaches healing and faith. He's dead and you're not going to and all these thoughts i was contending with all the time well remember he said i will say of the lord you have to say something you've got a battle now you've got the bible says in james you have to resist the devil and he'll flee you have to resist him amen you can't you can't agree with him you can't you know lie down you have to you have to resist him and the way you resist him is through these thoughts, fears of the devil. I'm telling you, fears of the devil. You have to, you have to resist. You have to talk to the fear. Amen. Amen. Because it's trying to get you to bow down to him. He's giving you all these these reports, and so I just kept saying. I started saying, "I'm not afraid of dying." I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of dying. Because he says I'm no longer, he says I'm no longer under the bondage of that. I'm not afraid of dying. And I fell afraid. But I just kept on that. I, I said, Lord, you have delivered me from the fear of death. Therefore, I'm not afraid of dying. And then I take other scriptures. I said, the uh, uh, Apostle Paul said, to die is the gain. And I start going, well, praise the Lord. Well, you know, we sing that song, I'll fly away, O glory. And how we shout about that. And I said, we're not supposed to be afraid. We're all going to go. We're all going that way. If Jesus doesn't come back, you know, that's just going to be a stepping out of your body and stepping over into glory it is Paul said it's, Paul said it's better for me to go, but he said, For your sakes I'm sticking around a little bit longer amen, amen. so and he said that you know it's a gain, it's not a loss, it's a gain we gain, amen, amen. and so I just began to say I've been delivered, Lord I've been delivered from the death, the fear of death, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. And I kept doing that every time fear would come to me. Every time the thoughts would come to me that, you know, you're going to die, your heart's going to quit, you're, you're, the rhythm, you know, is all out and everything. I just kept saying, nope, glory to God, I'm, I'm delivered from the fear of death. Hallelujah. And then I got to the place, I started saying this. I said, go ahead, devil. If you can kill me, go ahead and do it. I found myself getting arrogant and cocky with him. And I just, started, I just started putting it back. I said, well, go ahead. Obviously, you can't do it yet, or you will already have done it. And I'm not afraid of you. Praise God. And if I do die, it's going to be the greatest day of my life, because I'm going to wake up, and there's Jesus. I'm going to be in heaven. You kidding me? I'm not a, you, that should be Fearful. And you know what? I tell you, it was probably two weeks, probably about two weeks, that, that began no longer to have fear. and That fear had no more a uh, hold on me. Because that was all I was saying. I was just staying with the word. I just kept saying, praise God, I'm delivered from fear. I'm not, glory to God, I'm not bowing to it. You don't have no hold on me. You don't have control over me. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not afraid of death. Glory to God, it's it's just the portal. It's just the transition that we go through to come on over to glory. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. And you know what? I found out once I got into that place, then every symptom left my body. Once, once that fear, after I, because I was resisting it, that's what I was doing the whole time, resisting it, resisting it with the word, resisting it with my confession, resisting it. Every time it'd come on me, I'd, I'd start quoting the word, start quoting what God said. And when I started doing that and resisting that, well, there, the, I, I could tell you there was, came a time like, you know, he'd say that, and I said, whoo, glory to God. I told you about my friend my friend one time he we worked with i sort of worked with him we were doing the food ministry and he was uh and he was over up in uh, missouri and anyway he was a uh, he was over his region his area and he was a uh, and he would go around and man he preached anybody and he would tell them about jesus well he t- he got this young girl saved and this young girl she got saved and i think her mom did too and anyways she was in. She was um, with a. She was with a drug dealer. And when she got saved, she dumped him. She said, "No, I'm not. That's not my life no more. I'm saved. I'm born again. I mean, she got radically saved. Well, it made him mad. He got so mad, and he come and you know, and tried to pressure her back in and everything. Well, he found out that Jeff, who was his name. He said she found out that uh, Jeff had preached to her and one that had won her to the Lord. And so he got a hold Jeff's number and called him up and threatened him and told him. He, he started cussing at him and yelling at him. And he says, I'm going to find you. And he goes, I'm bringing a chainsaw and I'm going to cut your head off. That's what he told him. You know what Jeff did? Jeff started shouting, he goes, Woo! Glory! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! And the guy said, What's wrong with you, man? He said, you just told me that you're going to come and you're going to cut my head off. That means I'm going to die and today or tomorrow, whenever you come, I'm going to heaven. Woo! I'm going to see Jesus. Hallelujah! He said that guy. He heard that guy on the other end. He said, "You're nuts, click." (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. Well, what if death has that? No more has power over you whatsoever. You're no longer afraid to go somewhere. You're no longer afraid to do something. You're no longer afraid to fly. You're no longer afraid of anything that comes because you know the instant you die, you're going to heaven. You know the instant you die, you're going to see Jesus. You know the instant you die, you're going to be with your loved one. What if that fear had no more power over you? Man, that'd make life good, wouldn't it? Hallelujah. Not afraid. Praise God. Not afraid of, you know, d- you know, another pandemic. Not afraid of what's happening in the world. Not afraid of hearing terrorist reports. Not afraid of the earthquakes. Not afraid of all these things. Just living life to the fullest. Why? Because you know God will keep you. You know it will not come nigh you. You know, praise God, hallelujah, He'll be right there beside you amen, that he'll, he'll guide you, he'll lead you, amen. Why? Because he's my fortress. He's my refuge. He's my God. In him do I trust. Are you here? That's the life that we're supposed to live. That's the way we're so, and if fear right now is controlling you, you need to say no more, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to let you or allow you to control my life no more. I resist fear in the name of Jesus. Fear comes with everything. Fear comes with a bad report. Amen. Did fear try to come on you, Dave, when you first heard the, the bad report? Oh, my gosh. It's real. See, I mean, you can, you can be, you can have fear so bad, your legs are knocking. And you can and then but you can go ahead and and say, I trust God. (laughs) I believe God. Hallelujah. And I tell you what, that's faith. That is faith. Glory to God. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. You're not, under, you're not under the control of fear. God has delivered you. Everyone say, God has delivered me from the fear of death. I'm no longer bondage to it. See, you're going to have to declare that. It has to come out of your mouth. Glory, God's already done it, but you're going to have to declare it. You're going to have to decree that. No longer, I'm not going to live a life of fear. Glory to God, I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God, and Him do I trust. Hallelujah, amen. And when fear tries to come, you don't just sit there and sulk in it or try to deal with it with your thoughts and try to push it away mentally. You have to open your mouth. You have to learn to open your mouth. I'll say it again. You have to learn to open your mouth and say no fear in Jesus' name. You go. Amen. We so often, we try to do these things mentally.